Jets fans, it's been a bit of a mixed start to the season. Some good things, some maybe not so good things. And uh, in between, we've seen some of our former players go on to find some NHL success elsewhere. It has been a little bit unfortunate for us, but good to see some of uh, former roster players making an impact with the Montreal Canadiens, the Buffalo Sabres, and the San Jose Sharks. We'll talk about what some of our players have been off doing and uh, some questions about how the Jets have, have been managing their roster, while also talking about some previews heading into what will be a busy week for the Jets on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, friends, and welcome to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Now, on tonight's show, I wanted to talk about a couple of things. Uh, some of it, you know, with the happier vibes, some of it maybe not so joyous. Um, and the not so joyous part is that, you know, Winnipeg lost some talent over this past off season, and a number of those players have been finding success elsewhere. And it makes you kind of wonder why the Jets maybe weren't interested in retaining these players and why Winnipeg has opted to um, make some strange moves here and there, including, you know, waving Kovacevic, uh, especially after they just resigned him, uh, letting Comrie go, different things like that. And, and what it says about the Jets plan for the future, because it feels like right now the Jets don't have a clear plan. And then later on, we'll talk about Winnipeg's upcoming slate of games against the Avs and the Golden Knights on Wednesday today. And tomorrow they'll be facing the Knights. Um, so obviously a pretty packed schedule and the Jets have a lot to kind of accomplish before uh, the the weekend arrives. But first off, let's talk about players finding success outside of Winnipeg. Uh, so every time you have like a situation where a coaching change happens, uh, you know, you have players who are talented walking. Obviously one of the most, I guess, public departures was Paul Stastny. He, you know, final exit interviews with the Jets and the media, they weren't abundantly positive which is kind of funny because Stastny was one of those guys who willingly came back to the Jets a couple of years ago uh, after that brief stint with the Golden Knights. And you thought, well, you know, he's still got something left in the, in the tank. He had some really fun uh, performances for the Jets and was generally a guy that you felt you could rely upon and that would probably be happy to stick around so long as things weren't toxic and the team wasn't losing. But towards the end of that stay, you know, Stastny wanted out. So when he departed, it wasn't really shocking. Uh, it wasn't even surprising. And while the Jets are to blame for that, partly because they just weren't a successful organization while he was here for the most part, um, where I start to kind of wonder about the Jets themselves making decisions is when they've built this year's roster, it had a number of exclusions and some quirky decisions that I didn't quite follow. Like, 
let's take Kovacevic, right? Kovacevic is kind of killing it for the Habs so far, albeit very small sample size. Let's not read too much into the numbers yet, but uh, you know, in a couple of games, playing upwards of 18, 19, even 20 minutes, 20 minute games, um, he's shown to be a, a solid second pairing kind of guy for the most part. And, you know, I, I don't know if that's really going to last, but he was a player that the Jets resigned for a couple of years and then promptly waived and sent back to the Moose, which is kind of a strange decision, right? Because you look at Winnipeg's right side defense, and we don't really have that many options. We've got uh, Schmidt, Pionk, and, um, of course, DeMello. And, uh, you know, of those three, I, I think Schmidt is, what, a natural left-sided player? So um, it's a bit strange that he was the one waived when the Jets had also signed Capo Bianco and could have honestly waived Capo Bianco. I think Kyle probably would have cleared and gone to the Moose and been a really nice performer on the back end. Kovacevic, look, you're not looking at him as a player who uh, I think would have had like a tremendous impact on Winnipeg's current roster, but as like organizational depth and as a player who could have could have been maybe a third pairing defender for the Jets in the future, it is kind of frustrating that he was basically waived because the Jets are are really committed to guys like Logan Stanley and for some reason Capo Bianco. Kyle, I think, is a fun player for like an AHL squad, but I don't really feel that his game will translate to the NHL level. Whereas Kovacevic maybe had a little bit more of an inside track to getting meaningful minutes for the Jets. If nothing else, he just was extra insurance in case anyone on the right side goes down. So I don't really understand that decision. Um, and then, you know, you've got Eric Comrie, who had a really great game for the Sabres yesterday against the uh, Edmonton Oilers, ended up stealing a win, stopped, I don't know, like 40 something shots, I think. Um, but he was super busy. Maybe it was like 35 or something. I don't know. It was it was really high, whatever the count was. And a lot of the chances were pretty dangerous from what I was seeing. So it just to me seems like the Jets had a guy who was a backup that could have probably taken 15, 20 games, maybe a little bit more from Hellebuck and been a really capable backup, maybe even a great one. And instead, the Jets brought in Riddick and, you know, Riddick, he looks like he has some mechanical issues in his game. And I don't know that it's going to be resolved just with working with the Jets coaching staff. Um, and look, I get it. Comrie was going to get a raise and it was probably going to be a little bit more than the Jets were hoping to pay for. But I feel like if the raise was like one and a half million or something per season, the, the Jets have kind of spent this before on backups. Um, I, I don't know. It just feels like if Comrie was putting up really go, good numbers and you could reasonably give him uh, a healthy slate of games, maybe 30 plus games or something. I don't know. Uh, I just don't know that the, the, the goalie load balance is going to really favor Hellebuck this year because Riddick is not somebody that I think you can really trust with a lot of starts. He'll be cheap. Sure. Uh, and he might be able to fill in here and there, but are you going to get performances on the level of what Comrie might have given the Jets. I don't know. Uh, you know, and it's it's already kind of frustrating to see him doing well for the Sabres and not the Jets. Um, I, I just don't fully understand what Winnipeg's asset management plan is because it feels like the plan is non-existent. You know, if you're signing guys and then waiving them and watching them get claimed, and, you know, especially players who are organizationally important because they play a specific spot uh, or with a specific handedness that the Jets are in short supply of, what are you doing? Uh, and, and why are you not really committing to some of these players, especially Kovey and uh, Comrie, who were both internally drafted and, you know, developed? And so I, I just, it's puzzling for me. I don't fully understand it. And I think Winnipeg has a lot of answers to kind of 
you know, give us at some point about what is the direction of this team. Uh, like I said in previous episodes, I think they're trending on the right path for certain things, but there are other bigger issues with the front office that I think we haven't really been given um, anything convincing so far as as to what the Jets are hoping to accomplish. But, you know, I'm not going to spend a ton of time ranting on this. I think you guys are probably in the same boat in terms of maybe being a little bit confused about what's going on. And, you know, we can ask all these questions, but are we going to get answers and clarity? Probably not. But obviously the Jets in between are going to have some stuff to do deal with just during the season. And, you know, this week we have um, Vegas and Colorado on back-to-back nights, which is a lot to ask of the Jets. And I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about how those games might shape up and also talk about the Central Division as a whole, just giving some early thoughts from some of the first games that we've seen in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all of the football betting info you you need this season, whether you're into college or pro-level football. You can find everything on the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis so that you always make the most informed bets possible. It's also just for those of you who are just general football fans. It's not just a betting site. They want to be your number one source with all of this information, podcasts, uh, news updates, live scores, um, all the up to minute, up to the minute odds you could possibly need. And it's not just for football. They've also got tons of information for stuff like soccer, hockey, you know, MLB baseball, especially as we're rolling into some of these uh, series leading up to the World Series. They've even got golf, boxing, MMA and triple crown horse racing. So no matter what sport you're into, BetOnline has you covered. And if you want something else, they've also got Vegas casino games. For those of you who might not be into hockey in the same way that uh, some of your partners are, are. So, you know, if you're really interested in getting started, it couldn't be easier. Just register for a free account at BetOnline.net on your laptop or mobile device right now. Because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day. We're talking about some, uh, you know, stuff, a bit of drama starting off Winnipeg season so far, uh, mixed results in the first couple of games, and maybe some questionable asset management. But all of that aside, the Jets have a couple of really big games coming up this week to sort of give a barometer of where Winnipeg is at. We're going to face Colorado and then Vegas which, you know, on back-to-back evenings is a lot to ask of this team, especially after what we saw against Dallas. Um, Before we kind of dive into what I think might happen in these games, I did want to suggest making your second listen game-to-game from Locked On and NHL. It features every moment, every top performance, and every result from all sectors of the NHL. Locked On game-to-game covers all of the games that you're interested in, plus all the stuff around the league. So if you're looking to get a a quick heads up on maybe what's happening in the Metro division or the Pacific or something, they have all of those little snippets given to you in 45 to 60 second increments so that you always stay up uh, up to date on the latest action around the league without having to spend too much time. If you're interested in giving them a follow, be sure to follow game to game on locked on NHL available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Now bringing it full circle for the jets, um, Obviously, the first couple of games we talked about in a previous episode, I believe it was yesterday, we kind of dived into the start of Winnipeg season against Dallas and, uh, you know, the Rangers. Some positives and uh, some some not so positive things, right? And now they face Colorado and Vegas. 
Now, the Avs are one of those teams that I, I think you, you already know the outcome for the most part. In previous years, the Jets would kind of start off well against Colorado and then sort of implode by about the midway point. Uh, this year, I, I might even imagine it's going to be even worse. Talent on this team, right, especially scoring talent, is in a bit more limited supply. So Winnipeg is going to have to scrounge up goals from the depth lines, which Thus far, you know, the fourth line's been doing a solid job, uh, actually a great job at times. The third line looks competent. Um, the second line has been creating the space and maybe a little bit unfortunate uh, so far. But, <laughs> you know, Dubois kind of seems like he might not be 100% with a game plan. Uh, Wheeler is is doing his best, but he's not really the prominent goal scorer and power forward that he used to be. And, you know, you're looking around the team, there's just not many names that I think immediately come to mind for players you can count on to score tons of goals, especially at even strength. On the power play, I think Winnipeg will probably be okay as long as they get away from using two defenders uh, on that man advantage unit. But, you know, otherwise, it it just feels like Winnipeg is going to have to sort of bump and grind for goals and hope for the best, which, you know, the fourth line could probably get away with maybe somewhat of the third line. But it's clear that there's a talent injection that is needed. Just kind of why it's a little bit frustrating, you know, in the past that the Jets um, didn't always pursue really good options for creative players in trades and stuff. I get that, you know, getting players to come to Winnipeg is kind of a challenge, but the Jets need to actually make use of the assets on this team um, instead of just watching the squad continually struggle. You know, I watched Puya Yarvi have this great sequence against Buffalo and it didn't result in a goal, but it almost did because Pouliou had a nice neutral zone to offensive zone transition, a great zone entry, and then he just definitely flips the puck over an opposing defender's stick to Zach Hyman, who had a really good scoring chance. Um, and I feel like something like that for the Jets is is missing. We don't have a lot of high-end creativity past the first and second lines, and even the second line doesn't always have as much skill and speed as you'd like. I think Perfetti is a genius. Uh, Dubois, when he's engaged, can be a real force. And Wheeler is still a great passer. But, you know, that line is still missing something in, in those tight spaces and margins. And thus far, the Jets haven't been able to really figure out what that is. So, you know, against Colorado, it's going to be a tough game. I wouldn't be shocked if Winnipeg kind of gets run out of the building. Colorado's been tearing apart most of their opponents so far, and it's not really been close. So, yeah, pencil that one in as a loss. Um, it won't be shocking if the Jets uh, are unfortunately out of it. Apologies, we just briefly lost connection. Just uh, kind of circling back, I was just saying that the the Avs are probably going to smack the Jets around a little bit. I don't think any of us would be surprised. And, you know, we're, we're expecting a rougher game. Second game against, uh, was it Vegas, I think is going to be another tough one. The Jets traditionally have played decently against the Knights, but, uh, you know, Vegas this year under Bruce Cassidy seems like they're kind of back to dominating opponents. Um, they, they very narrowly lost to... Uh, was the Calgary Flames. They kind of pounded the Flames, but, uh, you know, it just seems like somehow the Knights came up a little bit short. But this is a team that's really great at creating scoring opportunities. And were it not for um, previous games where you've seen, you know, the, the Knights maybe have a little bit of unfortunate results or something, 
this team might have uh, won a couple of a couple of championship titles over the years, but when it comes to creating chances in the slot, attacking the faceoff circles and stuff, the Knights are very good. Against the Flames, um, Logan Thompson was probably doing a lot to keep them in it. Uh, Calgary was definitely hitting them pretty hard, but again, uh, the Flames are a pretty strong team and I think are, are probably a better team than what Winnipeg is, for, for sure, in my opinion. But, you know, maybe the Jets can kind of squeeze in a result here. They've played the Knights competitively in the past. Maybe they can do it again. Am I counting on it? Probably not. But it's it's kind of nice to hope that at least somewhere this week, the Jets get a point at least. It's a, it's a brutal start to the schedule. I mean, Dallas, Colorado, Vegas, these are all playoff contenders, and the Jets are kind of not. But all that said, if you want to win and be the best, you've got to beat the best. So let's hope that the Jets can at least scratch out something and get a bit of a result. Now, the Jets aren't the only team uh, right now in the Central that's maybe had a little bit of an uneven start. We'll talk about some of the other Central teams and what they've been up to in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Jets. We are closing out tonight with some quick thoughts on um, an interesting start to the Central Division this this season. Uh, of course, some teams haven't really played all that many games. Some have already logged a few Winnipeg is one of those teams that's logged the fewest in the in the division, relatively speaking. St. Louis um, also only playing one game so far, and they had a nice win. But looking across the division, been a bit of an interesting one, right? It's only a few games into the season, but already we've kind of seen Dallas doing really good stuff. It seems like they are are back to playing some pretty strong hockey under DeBoer, I believe it is. And, you know, they, they were offensively aggressive. They were forechecking well. Uh, I thought that they defended well against the Jets. And it seems like so far that the Stars have been doing this against most of the opponents that they've played. They've only conceded three goals, which is pretty darn good for your first three games. And they've scored 13. So it's clear that this team has some pretty lethal ability right now. Whether it's sustainable, I don't know. Over the course of the season, you probably expect that at some point their lack of depth might come into an, an, into play and into being an issue. But to start off the year, they look strong. The Preds, a little bit more uneven. I'm going to give them uh, some of the benefit of the doubt. I think that this team is is relatively deep in terms of like quality lines. But I think, again, the issue that's always plagued them is like really high-end elite talent still kind of evading them in some crucial spots. I think this team will be for sure a playoff team, probably like wildcard or something. But, you know, that that Prague trip was pretty decent against the Sharks. Then they came home and it didn't exactly go super well against the Stars. Um, they just lost to the Kings in overtime. So I think for them, you know, they're still getting their skating legs back. It'll be a little bit before we get a really good sense of what they'll do this year. But at least on paper, strong team and one that I would be keeping an eye on. Uh, then you've got Colorado in third place so far. Again, just three games in. Uh, the Avs, you know, goaltending might be an interesting thing to watch with them. It's always been something that hasn't exactly been a strength. Kemper last year did a pretty decent job, and, you know, he's had borderline elite results for a while now. But, you know, it's not like you have a Vezina winner in net. So Colorado, they're probably going to have to outscore their opponents for the most part, which they tend to do pretty easily. Uh, such a dominant team. And I'm sure that's it's going to be a matter of time before they win the Central again. As for the rest of the division, I'm, I'm going to skip over, the, skip over the Blues because they just basically have only played one game. And so I don't really have a good read on them yet. 
Um, the Jets are in fifth, which is not really shocking. Kind of a mediocre start, and I'm sure it's going to be a little bit worse after the next couple of games. But, you know, trailing at the very end here, you've got Chicago, Arizona, and then Minnesota. Minnesota has already conceded 20 goals, which is a lot. Uh, and like offensively, the Wild are pretty darn good. I mean, they are one of the top scoring teams in the Central. But the problem is the goaltending has been a complete disaster. So if this, if if the Wild can't figure this out before the, I guess, trade deadline, it's going to be rough. I kind of asked uh, Seth Topol from uh, Locked On Wild what he thought about Jesper Walsh that uh, maybe coming into this team a little bit earlier. And, you know, he wasn't really thinking this season was the target. But if the goaltending continues on like this, maybe you start asking the question. Uh, I, I think they're going to be cautious about running, you know, a young, talented goalie like Volstead into the position. But, uh, yeah, they're 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 looking for answers right now. And there's not many to be had, especially when it comes to affordable goalies that you could acquire externally. Internally, they probably would only have Volstead and, you know, whoever else is sitting down there with uh, their AHL affiliate. But otherwise, it's it's kind of rough. Um, and Chicago and Arizona, I mean, you, you, you understand the story with these teams. Um, Chicago, maybe not nearly as bad as people expected so far, but still a pretty bad team. And Arizona, yeah, <laughs> they did beat the Leafs. That's that's about the best that they can say to start their year. But otherwise, not good. I'm sure this is going to look like a very different table in a few months. But, you know, Winnipeg kind of sitting in this four to five range, I think it's probably a pretty fair uh, guess. And they're going to be competing with Dallas and Nashville for one of these wildcard spots, most likely. So going to be a dogfight. Um, I'm, I'm worried now that the Jets are, are going to fall behind here and kind of dig themselves an early hole to kind of climb out of. Obviously, the first few games of the season, it's not that big of a deal. You can eventually get out of it. But in terms of making the postseason this year, it's going to be a tough one. The Jets have an uphill battle unless the rest of the Central really craps out. So let's hope for the best. Let's hope that the Jets can at least do something fun. Uh, it would be nice to watch a little bit of winning hockey at some point soon. But, you know, we kind of knew what we were bargaining for with the season. And the likelihood of us making the postseason, it, it, it's it's slim. Let's be honest. But enough with the bad vibes. We'll have some coverage and recaps for you over the next few days, uh, talking about what happens against Colorado and Vegas, hoping for some wins, hoping for some strong performances, even if it's a loss, at least look competitive, right? That's that's all we're asking for. So as always, thank you for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. Also, be sure to make your second listen, Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help make you, uh, you know, the most competitive and give you the best edge in fantasy ahead of your competition with daily updates of news analysis and advice Monday through Friday. It's available on YouTube Odyssey and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So as always be sure to like, follow and subscribe. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.